0: Hi, welcome to the Tabletop Transmissions podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Liz, and uh, with me tonight is Cassie. Hi,
1: and Fran. Hello.
0: All right, how's everybody doing tonight?
2: Doing okay. Yeah, you know.
1: Yep, not too bad today. Haven't made any major mistakes, so.
0: All right. Well, we're uh we're recording this on Sunday the 5th. So how's your guys week been?
2: It's been okay. Um trying to think if anything interesting happened.
1: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my week has been pretty good um in terms of gaming. Uh my uh, wife just started running the second module in the um in the uh, uh, Return of Tiamat series from um, from uh, Wizards of the Coast, so we got to we got to start in on that. We had a couple of new characters join, so that was a little bit busy. Yeah, um, other than other than that, writing. So
2: yeah. How How did it go though?
1: I went pretty well. Um, it's fun. Um, these modules are they're more. Uh, campaign books really than uh, modules per se so there are settings you go to and things you do but it's pretty uh, wide open um, not necessarily beautifully organized uh, but uh, Sarah seems to have it pretty well in hand and uh, we've got a good group so we were having a lot of fun and and uh, making trouble for one another cool
0: excellent nice yeah I've I've read I've read the first book. That's the one with the the white dragon on the cover. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's that was Horde of was the, the Dragon, dragon Queen. Yeah. yeah, we we
2: uh Frank and I played it. I just couldn't join the the game this this time. Yeah. Uh, it was okay. It mm-hmm. was okay. Uh, I feel like it gets bogged down in the middle, but uh-huh. um, you know, it was fun. <laughs>
0: See, I, I, I had this problem with D&D books that I keep buying them, mm-hmm. and then I realize I don't like running D&D. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I wanna I've run had that the, problem
1: with a lot of systems, so.
0: <laughs> it's like, I want to run this in um, Dungeon World or uh, Fantasy Age.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, I, I don't mean to pick on D&D. It It is fun. I, I, I do like 5th mm-hmm. edition.
2: That's fine. Yeah, 5th edition feels um, like a return to easier gaming in a lot. I mean, I'm in a 1st edition game, and I I love it. It's just so simple. You roll a die, you look at your number, you look at a chart, you move on.
0: (laughs) What are you, um, Cassie, what are you playing?
2: Uh, In in the 1st edition game? Yeah. I've got two characters um, right now. Uh, one of whom is uh, the female Kensai that I talked about a little last week, mm-hmm. and the other one is a an elfin fighter. Nice. Yeah, yeah, nice and simple. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a fun game.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to do much gaming this week because um, Friday is our normal game time, and I was I was in New Jersey for the uh, oh. uh, for the vintage. Uh, I'm trying to think what the. Vintage Computer Conference, so or mm-hmm. there, there's an acronym. I'm not sure. Yeah, my girlfriend knows. <laughs> um, Jess, if you're listening to this, please <laughs> tell me what the acronym for the conference was. <laughs> so so um, you had a good time. It was. It was pretty good. I, we, uh, there were two keynote speakers we saw. Um, one this. One this morning was one of the guys who did hardware design for the 2600. Oh, wow. Well, that was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't quite understand all of it because I have a humanities degree. Um,
2: <laughs> As do both of us.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, I have a psychology degree. That's almost a science.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a social science. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, uh, his- history is sort of on the, on the brink.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I I get ragged on a lot by my wife, who uh, double majored in computer science and biochem. So, oh, you have got your little numbers out. That's so cute.
0: <laughs> now, if we ever get up to Seattle, we'll have to we'll have to put them in uh, her and Jess in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds I, I,
1: great. Uh,
0: no, but it was fun. Then yesterday's keynote was the guy that created Unix. Wow. Mm. The, that was interesting. Um Yeah. So and then we look, we walked we looked around, we looked at a lot of vintage computers. I got to play uh the Atari four hundred.
2: Oh man.
0: Um, yeah, I'd never even heard of it before. So it was that was fun.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a friend when I was a kid who had a four hundred and it was the coolest thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much it was um I had to be torn away from the <laughs> this, this, this shoot 'em up duck hunt kind of game. Oh wow! I was like, "No, this is fun." I finally figured out how the aiming works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, no, so that's what I, that's what I did this week.
1: Uh, Sounds lovely. Yeah.
0: So I have a so this is so uh, tonight's topic is kind of something. It kind of—it's kind of going to be a weird one. I want to explain it a little bit. So, is anyone but me watching Game of Thrones?
1: Uh, I am, as far as I know. Cassie is studiously avoiding it. Ah, uh,
2: no, I do not. I do not watch Game of Thrones.
0: No. Okay. Um, I kind of had a weird realization the other day, and this is kind of going to be two parts. Um, first of all, I realized I started Game Game of Thrones when I thought I was still a dude.
1: Ah uh, yes. Um.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I remember I remember reading the first book and thinking, "Oh wow, this is so cool." I was also still in college. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, I said, this is this is the coolest. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. This is ah oh, this is everything I've wanted in a fantasy novel. And then I went and then I actually tried to um to re-listen to it, to re-read it. Mm. And I'm having a really hard time getting through it.
1: Hm. Huh
0: okay primarily because my my viewpoint i think has changed a lot oh
2: yeah i can understand that
0: um i definitely do not like some of the more content warning e parts of it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um but that got me thinking about um that got me thinking about specifically the game of thrones role playing game from green ronin mm-hmm. and how do we so I guess my que- my two questions for you all okay how do we look at how do we deal with something like that at the table would you first of all would mm-hmm. would you want to do like a, a political high stakes kind of game and second of all, how do you I – guess, I guess how do you handle that in such a way that everyone feels comfortable?
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's
1: a, that's a neat topic. So, so you're talking about like taking the, kind of the whole Game of Thrones pa- uh, package or just the sort of high political drama because there's – yeah, there's a lot to unpack there.
0: Well, I'm, I'm using Game of Thrones as kind of a shorthand. I feel like that's something mm. everyone can kind of get.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah. so, okay. Um, let's do a little bit of gaming history here because there is mm-hmm. a precedent for this. Mm-hmm. It's a game called Diplomacy. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also known as the How to Lose Friends and Not Influence People game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I have not played it for many, 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 many years for very mm-hmm. good reasons. It honestly depends on the people around the table. I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest that's the biggest thing. If you have people around the table who can take that kind of thing, then that's great. I would I love playing in political intrigue type mm-hmm. games. Um, yeah. as long I mean they're not straight political intrigue I suppose they're mixed up with a bunch of other things when we've mm-hmm. done them but
1: Yeah. Yeah. First, we talk and build allies, and now we fight! <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. we, uh, actually, the, the campaign that Cassie and I have, believe it or not, now been in the longest, I think, is my wife's uh Scarred Lands campaign. And we're at the level now where we're going around and, and basically, you know, doing the Tyrion <laughs> Lannister, please, will you send an army? No, seriously, it's on fire, everything's on fire, and we could really use help kind of thing. So a lot of uh, political intriguing and then, you know, being told, yeah, well, you have to go get us bare asses in order for us to do this. <laughs> oh, okay, we'll hunt some bare asses. But the, the, the one big challenge I've seen with it, um, and I was noticing this yesterday, actually, I am a, a if, if you give me the opportunity to talk to something, like, at all, I will talk it to death. Um I like if it is a reasoning being I will try to talk to it while other people are trying to cut it in two.
2: Not only um, will Fran try to talk to it, but Fran will tell it everything about what we're doing, who we are and stuff she really shouldn't. Well
1: that was that was Jervis specifically, but uh, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm I'm not very good at keeping secrets, but I'm <laughs> Uh, the 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 problem that i run into is that um i'm pretty good at being persuasive but i will just go and go until someone stops me and i've had to learn to pull myself back as a player and say i'm not okay somebody else should have a tr- turn to uh to do the talking like I'll in, in some campaigns I've deliberately chosen somebody who you know doesn't speak the language at all, or has very little interest in what's going on as a way of sort of keeping myself from dominating the conversation. And yet somehow, and yet. So, somehow.
0: so a couple things. Couple things I want to I want to point out. So first of all, I actually, I have a gaming story for you two this time.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, Ooh, I'm looking forward to this
0: uh, involving diplomacy. Aha!
1: Uh-huh. Aha! Uh-huh.
0: So, um, I, I used to work for a summer camp. In fact, I'm still a trained lifeguard. Um, so during during in college, I worked for the summer camp, and we did what any bored college kids who are of a nerdy bent do when have got some <laughs> downtime. We played. We played. uh, You know, whatever we, whatever we could do.
1: Every board game you you could get your hands on. (laughs) Yeah, kinda.
0: Um, I mean, it started out as a poker night, but we quickly also realized, um, you know, none of us have money, so (laughs) (laughs) that's why we're working at a summer camp. Yeah. So uh, we said, all right, let's play diplomacy. So, okay, I, I don't even remember who brought it or who, whose idea it was, but to make a long story short, our bosses said, okay, that's it, no more diplomacy.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Because there was, there was about to be a murder.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's why we stopped playing it, pretty much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. so, um... I, I agree with your point, your old point about it depends on the people at your table. I think that's a very good point. I think you have to be aware of your group. Like, um, I yeah. wouldn't take my Star Trek group. Uh, I would not take them and say, okay, we're going to play Game of Thrones. I, I don't know. I keep going back to that because it's on tonight.
1: Mm. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, but is but what sparked all of this off my head. But I wouldn't oh. take that and say, Let's play Game of Thrones <laughs> Primarily because I, I not that I don't think they could handle it, but I don't think they would enjoy it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. When when your entire party is made up of basically various clones of Lego Batman, you know and they're all like, So so when do we get to the combat? You're like uh, we don't is not the thing that you feel, like, comfortable saying necessarily.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I don't think, I don't think my Star Trek group has fired phasers once yet. I think they've talked or found a science-y solution out of, out of all their problems. Nice! Oh, wow! Hmm. Nice! That's, well, that's that's cool. Def-
2: that's Altus.
0: definitely
2: one brand of Star Trek, that's for sure. Hmm.
0: Also speaking of Lego Batman, I'm actually looking at my Lego Batman space shuttle right now.
2: <laughs>
1: nice.
0: But um so let me ask you this. So let's say you do have a group that's comfortable. That okay, we wanna play um we wanna play a game that is full of intrigue and murder and high stakes. Mm. It uh, doesn't necessarily be Game of Thrones, you can play um
2: You can do that with any game system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: you could do it yeah, you could do it in D and D even. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
0: But so let's say okay, we agree we want this. Um do you all have you all ever heard of the, the uh the red card or the X card? Mm-hmm. You yep. all have you ever heard of that?
2: Well, I I I've heard of the, the red card the you know, the card colors in um in soccer. To stop play and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very similar.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cassie, why don't why not you why don't you walk us through it? What what is it?
2: I well I don't remember the colors.
0: Er, Fran yeah. I'm sorry, Fran I'm
1: Yeah, yeah. No, don't worry I'm about tired. it. Um okay. yeah, so the so the idea is that uh to try to create and yeah, this is a topic that I was gonna bring up if nobody else did is to um in order to better guarantee that the gaming environment is fun when you know that there's going to be hot button stuff happening um you ideally the the GM basically says um all right i i'm authorizing and encouraging everybody in this group to um to you guys have a stop you can just hold up your hand and say red card and i will go okay, that's a thing we're not going to do. And I will back us out of the... Uh, you know, I'll reverse the story if I have to, but we're not going down a route that is going to make somebody miserable. And you don't have to explain. You don't have to justify. You don't have to apologize. You can just say red card and things stop. And if you want to go into detail, you're welcome to, but, but you should not... You're, you're here to have fun, and if we're making you uncomfortable... Uh, that needs to stop. That, that's not something I'm going to do at my
2: table.
0: That's fantastic. So I actually use a little teacher trick with this. I don't... So in, in education, um, particularly as a student who might have issues, like there's a lot of times students who, who maybe... maybe they're uncomfortable being randomly called on. Mm. So mm-hmm. you tell that student, hey, I'm going to give you... And no one else but us know it, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a Mm -hmm. nonverbal way of Ah, of, of communicating that you're going to be next. And it might be, I'm going to go stand by their desk, or I'm going to put my hand on their desk. Or I could even just pick up a certain color marker out of the basket. Mm -hmm. That's their signal to know, to be ready. It's like, okay, I'm Mm -hmm. next. I'm going to get that question. And it doesn't it doesn't call them out hmm. i I sort of do That's that nice. with, with the red cards i um for any game that might be potentially that might have some of that like call mm-hmm. or this hypothetical intrigue game or something like mm-hmm. that sure sure i will I will print out little little or, or I'll get like red um, red index cards
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh-huh. and'll I'll hand them out and I'll say, okay, keep these visible, mm-hmm. keep them where I can see them. And if you put your hand on that card, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be you know a big deal. Hmm. It just lets me know, okay, we got to move on, we're going to stop, mm-hmm. take a break. If it's something we need to address, you and I can talk about it. Um, but that way, no one feels called out and I, I think that mm. works particularly well in con games. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, con games are uh, definitely a whole other level of complexity.
0: Yeah, I think I want to do an episode on con games.
2: Mm. Well, Fran, but, uh, is actually, Fran is actually going to be running a game at a convention uh, in, with her wife in a few weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Next, month? Uh, next month? Yeah, next month, I think,
1: at Dragon Con. Uh, oh, not I thought Dragon was, Con, Dragon Flight. I thought well, a... PaizoCon, yeah, you're right, PaizoCon, then <laughs> Dragon, <Con>. <laughs> oh, Dragon Flight, Dragonflight. I where's... speak a very good English.
0: <laughs> where's, uh, where's that going to be at?
1: Uh, both of those, uh, Pizocon I believe, is going to be in, uh, I think they may actually both be in SeaTac, but basically both in the greater Seattle area.
0: Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, I don't geez. know if I told you guys this, uh, I'm going to be on the West Coast uh, twice oh. next month.
1: Really? Oh, no kidding.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That's uh, cool. I mean, they'll be in California, unfortunately, not up here, uh-huh. you guys, but... Uh we're definitely talking about making uh making a trip out to the Pacific Northwest.
2: Mm. That would be fantastic. Yeah.
0: We could well,
2: we we could all be in the same room. That would be crazy, pants. Uh
0: <laughs> I I think that would just explode. <laughs> Wait, we should I wanna get I, I'd love to get us and, and our respective partners that we can ask, okay, how does it feel to be to to be with someone who is obsessive with RPGs?
2: Well, mm-hmm. a friend's partner will just say, "Eh." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. I'm not quite sure how she deals with it. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> I feel like my mind just mind got me mm-hmm. bookshelves. She gets it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Oh, that was that was dumb. I've lost my lost my train of thought uh, now. You,
1: Oh, you that's fine. Uh, convention yeah. games and, and uh, using using the red card approach.
0: Yeah. Oh right. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I, I don't know. Particularly with strangers, I've run into mm-hmm. some really rough situations. Yeah. Um. I, I I can I can talk about con horror stories. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, that's a whole show.
0: Yeah, good. <laughs> um. But um. Yeah, I just. I don't. Uh, too many times I know like I don't know about you all, but I've personally have met groups and immediately realized, oh, this isn't mm. for me. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. and I I just wanna make sure they're comfortable.
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
2: hmm Absolutely.
1: Yeah, no, and I think your I think your approach is, is beautiful for that because you're you're basically saying you don't have to draw a lot of attention. Um, and you don't have to take the heat for it. I, as the GM, will, you know, say we're backing off, and if somebody's like, oh, my God, which SJW decided that we weren't allowed to talk about whatever the thing was that I decided I really wanted to talk about even though it's probably not something I cared about until somebody said SJW, blah, blah, blah. You know, you as the GM can stay in the hot seat and be like, yeah, well, that's what we're doing. We're backing away now, so... Suck it up.
2: I, I really like it. I really uh-huh. like it. We should. Yeah. We. I mean, it's hard for us because we've game together for two hundred thousand years. But uh-huh. I think um, instituting something like that for a game where we have new people is a really. It's a really good idea.
0: Yeah. Well, you have to. You have to bear in mind. I play a lot of Call of Cthulhu, so that's uh-huh. yeah. that's where that comes from for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, we've, we've definitely had issues in the past where, yeah. you know, somebody's wanted to, wanted to turn a corner, but uh, we didn't really have those mechanisms in place, so we just sort of muddled through. And we also tend to game with, uh, mostly with close friends and people we know. So,
2: Well, I will but, say, even with close friends and people we know, there mm-hmm. are times where we really could have used those in the past.
1: Oh, absolutely yeah, yeah.
2: so I, mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that for all of our listeners out there, um, <laughs> just, just the one of mm-hmm. you um, <laughs> I, I recommend this. I think this is a fantastic mm-hmm. idea, yeah, because um, it keeps i mean we we have been in games where there have been interpersonal problems that have resulted mm-hmm. from the games, yeah I'm not going to lie um, and oh absolutely I don't, I don't know if this would have stopped them, but it might have helped.
0: Uh uh-huh. So my my other question then, um, there's a there's a game that I'm I'm a big fan of. I actually found it through a podcast, almost. Mm-hmm. Oh God, almost ten years ago. Oh, okay. Hi, I just realized I'm thirty. Yeah. But um, anyway, so um, it's called uh, Houses of the Blooded by John Wick.
2: Ooh, I don't know
0: this. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's I think you can still get it on drive-through. Um. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about crazy blood magic and uh, these these uh, beings that are essentially bred a bred aristocracy. Huh. It's it's kind of a crazy setting, but anyway. So you're. But it's all about intrigue and murder and it's a game of, it's literally it says it's a game about tragedy. Oh wow. Um and I remember reading this and I started to think I I didn't understand it fully until I've reread it. Now that I'm a little mm-hmm. older. huh. Mm-hmm. But what got me was that um Try to how to how to put this that this game is approaching this game is not a power fantasy it's you're going to mm. fail you're going to yeah. fail badly, but it's going to be an interesting end
1: uh-huh.
0: um and I think that's definitely then that game took an approach in addition to this already kind of mature premise um it had either okay. Everyone is passing notes to the game master and it's very secretive and you could have plans within plans and be very Machiavellian. Mm-hmm. Or another mode is open secrets. And yeah. it's you're still being very Machiavellian. But everyone knows what you're doing and you've just got an agreement is you're going to roleplay as if mm-hmm. your character doesn't know that. They don't see it coming.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and for the longest time, I, I didn't want to do this, the, 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 the real close note-taking one. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I didn't, I didn't think, honestly, I didn't think anyone could handle it. Mm. Like, like I'm sure we've all had, we all have group horror stories we could share. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think more and more about that game now, and it's like, yeah, I kind of like that idea with the right group and with right the right protections.
2: Yeah, protections. Uh, boundaries, I think, would wind up being very important in a game like that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We
2: can, I mean, again, boundaries is a whole other topic, but... Um, Wow.
0: Well we got time, uh-huh. so let's let me ask you. So do <laughs> you do you set up um before you start playing, do you I know you, you both play more than I do? Do you go to the game master or do you expect them to say, Okay, if we're gonna be doing something like this, what are some things we absolutely want to avoid? Or do we um or, or do you just kind of, if something comes up organically, you deal with it?
2: Well, I mean, we're in a fairly unique situation because about, yeah, I would say, about half to two-thirds of the people that we game with, we've literally gamed with for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, we know each other well enough to understand, pre-understand those kinds of things. But stuff has come up organically for sure in some mm-hmm. um, And... Of course, as far as uh, taking it back to the trans thing, as far mm-hmm. as uh, uh, that goes, obviously people um, have needed to adjust or are still adjusting because, uh, as as Liz pointed out earlier, you, your your point of view starts to change, your viewpoints, your, uh, your yeah. feelings and ideas about stuff starts to change. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it, like I was saying last week, I'm in this um, this first edition game where it is. There are lots of, let's say, non-politically correct stuff going on, and I used to just roll with it, and now it started, and, and then it started to make me feel really uncomfortable. I rolled with it because it was all a joke, but now I'm like, uh, you know, we can take a joke too far, guys. Um, I'm really getting uncomfortable with that. So, yeah, I mean, mm. it's mostly organic, I think, but it, it has happened. Yeah. You want to say more, friend?
1: Um... I don't know. Most among our group of friends um the things the times that I've actually had discomfort are either about have either been about playing style um or about comments unrelated to the game usually. Mm. Uh I can't I can't think of a lot of times I've had experiences in the game that I really sort of had trouble processing and I you know I think you can still apply the same logic uh, to to all of those things but um, yeah I don't I don't I, I I definitely agree with you about perspectives beginning to uh, beginning to shift because um, I've I definitely had that happen a fair amount um, but uh Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't really I don't really have anything
0: on that. No, that was good. So okay, so you brought up two things and I kinda wanna ask you more if I can. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Okay. So the first one is play styles. Mm. What kind of what kind of play styles mm-hmm. make you uncomfortable? Or I'm sorry, is that too personal? Um Or or okay, let me rephrase it. Are there any play styles that kind of send off red flags? Maybe they're huh. not an immediate deal breaker, but it's something you see this and you're like, oh, maybe I kind of want to be wary of this.
2: Hmm. Well, I mean,
1: hmm.
0: Or am, am um, I generalizing too much here? I
2: know. Well, I mean, I mean it, it's, it's different play styles for different games. I mean... Uh you know, like, there are games where, you know, screw it, I just want to kill something, I don't want to talk mm-hmm. to it, is yeah. perfectly valid. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can enjoy that, but in some games, you get a character like that, or a player like that, not a mm-hmm. character, and you're like, well, no, we, we, we actually talk mm-hmm. to things, and we actually we kill them, we yeah. actually talk to things, yeah. and we actually deal with people. Yeah. Um,
1: this is Star Trek Next Gen, and we're on a science vessel, Bob. You can't just phaser everybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that was fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, again, it's a, it, there's I a, there's – a, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I'm thinking mm. back on a specific conflict in particular and between two people at one of our tables. And I'm mm-hmm. really—I mean, this was many years ago. I'm really trying to yeah. remember exactly what it was between the two of them. That... A lot of
1: it. A lot of it, ironically, was—if I'm thinking of the same two people in the same spectacular conflagration—that you are. Possibly. Um, it was basically out of game conflict coming into the game.
2: And um, mostly, yeah, somewhat, yeah. somewhat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that 's something that a DM should definitely watch I think um, as well, but that 's not really playstyle
1: hmm. um, yeah as as far as playstyle um, if I'm, if i 'm a player and I sit down and everybody 's basically just talking about you know racking up kills i know i 'm at the wrong table if i 'm a GM the thing that I usually watch for is the person at the table who um, is showing discomfort and discontent, so either the person who when everybody else is trying to talk is kind of sitting there rolling their eyes and and you know getting frustrated and pulling out their phone and and um, you know i'll pay I'll pay attention to that, or the person who when everybody's just slaughtering their way through stuff is sitting there looking sad and uncomfortable. Um, and I'll try to find ways to, uh, to give them a different experience and, you know, highlight, put, give, give them some, you know, some spotlight moments that are, that are different.
0: Mm -hmm. So I guess for me, um, and I, I'm trying to think. I've, just, I've been trying to think of the right way to say this. So, mm. um, whenever I think of, I get, I guess whenever I think of play styles, or, 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 or if, I, if there's anything that send off a red flag, mm. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I'm a little weird. Um, but I think back to my college days when, um, you know, people would be just min max, min maxing, really kind of. Mm. Is mm-hmm. what gives me that? Oh, I think I'm gonna have problems here.
1: Hmm. Um, okay.
0: And I don't know if maybe I'm just been unlucky um, <laughs> with with players because I mean, I, rural West Virginia. I took what I could get. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: I mean, even even you know, it's a liberal arts school, but still, it's mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, we had more cows than people. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah.
0: But someone I had a lot of... I I, I had uh, one particular player who even... I, <laughs> it must have traumatized me because to this day I still think about it. Mm-hmm. Is um, purposely trying to find a way to break the system.
1: Oh. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Like someone who clearly doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Mhm. Or wants to be doing something else or playing something else. So he wants mm-hmm. to ruin... I keep saying I should say he. That that is kind of sexist of me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but I, I
2: understand. I understand why you're playing, saying he because most probably in college that was who you were dealing with.
0: That is true. There's yeah. Yeah. There's one yeah. person who I know he's not listening, but uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think he's in jail now. So that's oh well. Wow. Uh,
1: it's <laughs> it's kind of startling how many how many gamers have a story that ends with actually I think he's in jail now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe one of these days, if we do like an after dark episode, I'll uh, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll tell I'll tell the story about um, just some of some of his shenanigans and how he made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. and and had to quit a Star Wars game. Yeah, no, I
1: mean that's that's actually a really good point. When when someone's play style is basically spoiler. Yeah, that's 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 always a bad sign. And sometimes that guy who's sitting there, you know, picking at his phone, looking frustrating, looking frustrated, while other people are really deeply involved in role playing, will turn out to be that guy. Um, under ideal circumstances, uh, if you're if you're lucky, you can find a way to get them interested and engaged and basically say, okay, you want to be the spoiler? Here, here is something to spoil. Go spoil it. That's your, that's your character. But, but yeah, that, especially at a con game or something like that, you, yeah, that, that would be the kiss of death.
2: Y- y'all are, are reminding me of a game, of a story of a game that I was not in, but perhaps mm-hmm. Fran can tell it. A mm-hmm. friend of mine tried to run an Elric game unfortunately uh, yes. i was unfortunately, I was not involved in this game, and uh-huh. I was the only other one of our friends' group who had read the Elric books uh-huh. um, so he yeah. was trying to run this heavy in depth major game uh-huh. and he had a couple of players show up who clearly wanted to play something else at friends. Yeah. Feed,
1: yeah. Uh, the, the, well, I I I have to apologize for my part in this too. None of us. I I think the problem was that none of us knew anything much about the setting, other than it was depressing and there was this really really blonde guy, um, and uh, like that's the level of knowledge that we had. Um, oh yeah, and don't touch the sword. Um, but so so the I think the problem we really ran into is that. The DM wanted to run a game that the players were not prepared for and where a really experienced DM would probably have stopped and said okay, so let me give you some backstory as to what's going on here before you guys roll up your characters so that you have some idea of the mood and the sense of place and so forth. So you you have some place to start. Um, Our DM was not so experienced at the time and he just kind of <laughs> yeah oh he's gotten way better he yeah. he's run some of the most atmospheric and terrifying games that i have ever played in like starkly terrifying wonderful games um but yeah so uh the the two people who initially uh got in there basically ended up playing um pretty much dumb and dumber um <laughs> they they were they were uh idiot aristocrats uh roaming the uh, roaming the landscape um basically just you know looking for beer and women and trouble um
2: this is in the young kingdoms of Niboney, if you're familiar with that so you yeah no
1: yeah which which uh yeah so so it basically ended up to uh to the dm's credit he um he finally was just sort of went you know what i don't have the players i need to run that game so i'm gonna run this game and he started creating in jokes the the uh the manor the uh the manor house came with a uh a creepy old servant who would uh who would answer the door whenever these two showed up and say ah the young master and his brother <laughs> and and it was never particularly clear to anybody which one of them was the young master and which one was the brother. So they were constantly arguing over who actually got the inheritance and coming to blows and so forth. Um, so basically,
2: it, the, 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 the gist is that there was uh-huh. supposed to be this amazingly wonderful atmospheric game. But because uh-huh. the play all familiar with what was going on, uh-huh. um, they all yeah both, really for the GM. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean honestly that is that is a good GMing style point if you know you're all supposed to be there to have fun and if the players are going one direction and it's not the direction that you planned on going in um, unless you can think of a really great way to bring them back on board you, you follow the players, yes and and roll with it.
0: So I kind of want to summarize here uh, kind of what we've talked about. Um and if you have, if I forget anything, please feel free to jump in so I think okay. what we can all agree on is if you're if you're getting a group together, first of all, make sure everybody's on the same page with what mm-hmm. you're doing, yeah mm-hmm. so like uh you know, make sure they don't you know I'm sure they're your friends, but hey, mm-hmm. maybe let's make sure they want to be here to play this game mm-hmm. um, and I think second of all, even with people you play with and I think maybe my group is a little bit weird cuz the majority of us are all part of the same support group. <laughs> uh, we're all we're all part of the same trans support group. Yeah. Um, you right. have
1: another good place to work out your issues basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um we so so we're we're very cognizant of making sure we don't step on each other's traumas. Mm. Mm. But make sure make sure everyone is on board. Make sure they know what expectations are, um, and, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a list before you even begin playing of, hey, these are some things I'd like to avoid. Yeah. Um, and if and even, you know, the red card method we talked about. Yep. Um, and even, uh, yeah, even for, like I said, established groups, I definitely think that doesn't hurt.
2: I, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. For sure.
0: Anything else you all want to add as kind of final thoughts?
1: Um, Well, I'm obligated to say buy my book.
2: Well, no, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Oh, okay. All right. Um, um, (laughs) I'm going to wind up saying this a lot during these podcasts, I think, but it really all comes down to who is around the table. it's really the most important thing, and it's the way you know what you can do and what you can't. If you're playing with a bunch of strangers,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know you wind up being more conservative, at least until you get to know them for a while. Yeah. I don't mean politically conservative. Um, yep.
0: No, never do that.
2: No. Uh, well, that, my, my friend who's running the 1E game could do that if he wanted to, I suppose. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, he's the only one. Out of our group of friends, it's really funny. Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, but playing conservative is never a bad thing, but as you get to know people, loosening up is also good, as long as they're loosening up as well. Like, um, I have played a few times with this same group at uh, the Wizards of the Coast Game Center for these special events, and the first time, well, the first time, it was one of the first places I ever went uh, out dressed, So, um, it was nerve wracking, you know, so I was very, you know, closed, but after a while you just start to open up and that happens when you have a good group around the table. And if you don't have a good group around the table, you find out quick. Yeah. Um, as for me, yeah. And I will,
1: um, I, I really like what Cassie said and, um, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of reframe it a little bit. And, and um, uh, I've done a, well, a piffling small amount of stand-up comedy, but a decent amount of uh, stage performance of one form or another. And I think the phrase, read the room, is uh, a really good yeah. one, which is get, keep your antennas on, um, because honestly, one of the best things you can do if you have any sensitivity or awareness to uh, other people's feelings, one of the best ways you can make the game great for everybody is to be able to to notice when somebody does that thing where suddenly they get two sizes smaller in their chair and nobody else notices, that you can either um, talk to them immediately or... Um, try you know if you know what's going on pilot the situation out of there um and if you don't know what's going on pick them up during the break and just say you seemed uncomfortable you okay you don't have to tell me anything but um i you know it's a game you're supposed to be having fun and you're obviously not so let's can can i help fix this um and as a gm it's really really super important you know you've GMing is very improvisational. Um, even when you're running out of a module, even when you're strictly obeying the rules, you are still setting tone when you're standing behind that screen and rolling the dice. You're still establishing what the flavor of the game is going to be in a lot of ways. So, uh, you know, watch, what peop- watch what's working and what's not working. And watch what's having unexpected effects and react to those
0: I think that's a that's a really good point. So um let's go ahead though. Um let's uh I don't want to steal this from I don't want to I almost have what's your freak out because I was I was listening to uh <laughs> Anita Sarkeesian's podcast <laughs> on the drive home.
2: uh
0: uh-huh. But uh but what um what things are we digging this week? What are our shout outs?
2: Um, well, let's see, um, I, um, <laughs> I'm way far behind, but I just finished watching the first episode, uh, first episode, first season of Star vs. the Forces of Evil, because <laughs> someone told me, you gotta watch this, oh my god, it's fantastic.
0: I okay. just watched the first episode.
2: Oh, it's so good.
0: I know, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, because I'd caught an episode, bits of an episode here or there, I was like, oh, this is really nice, but watching it from the beginning is really neat Um, so that's probably the most exciting thing other than the fact that we're getting a dreamer centric episode of Supergirl tonight yay
1: that's (laughs) always good
2: god she's so cute oh Oh, my god oh I love Nicole anyway um, yeah so that's me
1: Um, as for me uh, I think I'll talk very briefly about two books that I'm uh, that I uh, just finished Uh, One of them is actually by uh, Joe Carricker, who's a um, writer for uh, Green Ronin, among other things. And uh, it's a really interesting novel called Shadow Tide, which is set in the Blue Rose gaming universe. Um, And... uh, I really enjoyed it. He's got some lovely turns of phrase, and uh, I, if you want to find out a little bit more about the Blue Rose universe, but you don't have the time to run a game, I think it's actually a great introduction for that. And then the other one is the first book in a trilogy that I'm working my way through. Um, it's uh, The title of the book is Invasion, and it's the, uh, the uh, first book in the Homefront trilogy by Scott James Magner. It's really neat, um, hard, fairly hard science fiction about uh, a world in the future where some humans are genetically engineered and others aren't, and about the, uh, the really, really hard conflict that comes up when you've got two dramatically different human cultures essentially coming into conflict.
0: That sounds really cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Mm. Um well I finished reading um T Wrath, the latest mm. expanse book. Mm.
1: Uh
0: it's very good. You can't see I... it
1: but I'm bouncing in the bed. It's very good. <laughs> I uh
0: I cried a Um but that was good. Um but what I'm actually going to shout out to is uh, my Rocket Notebook. Have you guys ever heard of uh, Rocket Books?
1: Uh, no. Sounds familiar. So I I tr- I try to avoid stationary products cuz I'm a writer and I know there's an addiction risk.
0: So. No, no. I me too. And I, I definitely get that. <laughs> but um This one what is really neat about it? What I what particularly draws it to me is first of all, it's fairly water resistant. Mm. Um but second of all is it is uh erasable, completely erasable. Wow. Oh. Um, what you do what would you do? You actually put um, a mug of water on top of it and put the whole thing in the microwave um, for about 30 seconds. And it erases the whole notebook. Wow. Um, So it's reusable. You can get up to five uh, uses out of it. But it's also got QR codes um, and little places, little symbols that you can mark off and that will send it to prearranged you can scan them in and that will send it to like your dropbox your google drive so you'll have a oh, pdf version yeah. of your notes
2: wow i mean yeah. that, would use, that would be useless for me cuz i probably couldn't read the pdf but <laughs> my handwriting is really bad uh-huh. but wow that's neat
0: mhm uh-huh. um actually uh cassie that the the first podcast outline that I sent you yeah that was that was from that notebook huh that's cool so, yeah
1: that does sound really cool
0: um they 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 only use you have to use these special pens um pilot uh friction pens mm. they're the mm. erasable ink, but they actually erase really well even just on normal huh. stuff, and they're my favorite pen anyway. So, oh, nice. Cool. They're, they're really cool. The books. Mm-hmm. my specific model, is called The Wave. Uh, uh, there's a more permanent one. Uh, but they're, they're good. I like them. Mm. They're, they're pretty environmentally sound.
1: Nice. I'll have to look into that, then.
0: Alright, so this has been another episode of Tabletop Transmissions. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, and hopefully you'll see us next week. Have a good yeah. one. Yeah.
2: You too. Buy my oh, book. Oh, one thing. Uh, we, we have a Facebook now. Oh, friend. yeah, that's right. We have a Facebook. Yes, yes we have a Facebook. Mm-hmm. It is Tabletop Transmissions. Mm-hmm. Yep. At Tabletop Transmissions. Um, you should be able yeah. to find us pretty easily on Facebook. And I think we've got a Twitter coming, don't we? Mm-hmm.
0: We, do, we do. Unfortunately, with going away this weekend, things got uh, behind, mm-hmm. but that's going to get set up this week. I promise. Yep. Okay, um, and,
2: and, and we will individually be tweeting out in the episodes and posting them and mm-hmm. putting them on the Facebook page, and yep, it should be awesome. Feel free to get involved in the fandom early. And please
1: give us feedback.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, Yeah, because otherwise
1: we're just going to keep babbling away like maniacs, so.
2: Anyway, sorry Liz, go, go ahead, wrap us, wrap <laughs> us up. <laughs>
0: So, again, uh, I'm Liz. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, at little underscore Lizzie 22.
2: I'm Cassie. I'm at tip transformed. And I'm Fran, and I have to look mine up. You, Fran is at
1: Valor. At Ronalyn Valor. Valor. There we are. <laughs> All
0: right. So, once again, this has been a transmission from the tabletop, and we'll see you next time.
2: Bye. Bye.